Welcome to the Nintendo Fusion Podcast, a podcast that fuses past, present, and future Nintendo thought. I'm David, accompanied by my friend Jordan. Now, Jordan, I've heard that some people have said that Nintendo has no third-party games. Is that true? I mean, I feel like they've gotten more third-party games on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, their third-party representation on the Switch has been awesome. But obviously, these people have never heard of Mario Party 3. Oh, gee. <laughs> that was a good one. I don't care if you're not laughing. <laughs> they should have had Mario Party 3 be made by a third-party studio. They honestly should have. That would have been rather perfect. Um, but Nintendo can't trust third parties with their IPs, right? Especially Mario. Anyway, it's been a long time since we've recorded, Jordan. Uh, it's been like, what, almost a month since our last episode? <laughs> since the Nintendo Direct. <laughs> Woo! It's been about yeah. a month and a half, yeah. <laughs> well, we apologize for our disappearance, our silence, I guess. Um, we've both been pretty busy and have had some interesting conflicts trying to get some time but we're here now and we're gonna do an episode right oh yeah <laughs> cool who knew that late september early october would be a busy time for both of us um good thing there aren't any nintendo games that are have come out in that time or <laughs> well, any major nintendo news <laughs> well next week we're getting mario that's true but that's officially like second half of october right that's not early october <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, this week's episode, we're basically just going to go over some news bits uh, and some of the things that we're looking forward to in the remainder of the year, um, just to kind of get caught up <laughs> on what's going on to share some of our thoughts. Um, so let's just jump right in. Jordan already brought it up. Mario Wonder releases October 20th, which is next week. So I guess we'll probably do an episode next week before Mario Wonder, and then the week after that will be all about Mario Wonder, unless we both get too busy and can't record next week. <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> well, I mean, um, yeah, so the, the week it comes out, because this is the week before Mario Wonder comes out. Right, because it comes out next Friday, and we typically, typically record on Thursdays. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. What, what are you What are you thinking, Jordan? Have you seen oh, yeah. anything interesting? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be the return of 2D Mario. Um, we haven't had like a 2D Mario game that has had much of an identity since I can't even, I, I don't know, <laughs> off the top of my head, it's been a long time. <laughs> Technically, yeah. Mario World? <laughs> Mario, Mario World? World? Yeah, for, for like the 2D Mario perspective, I was thinking like a Mario game with personality would be like oh. Super Paper Mario. <laughs> no, I, I was thinking of like 2D Marios because like yeah. the new Super Mario games just did not have much of an identity to them. It's been uh, longer than I've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> but you're totally right. The games look so good. Or the game, excuse me. The game looks so good. And I am so excited to play 2D Mario again. Like, I have not been excited about New Soup since the Wii game, <laughs> you know, before that one came out. And I was like, oh, they're just reusing the same ideas. I mean, it was there was some new stuff. And I know a lot of people enjoyed the Wii U and uh, 3DS new soup games, but Mario Wonder, oh man, it's like you said, just so much fresh stuff, so many new ideas. And to be honest, I haven't seen much about the game since the Nintendo Direct. I don't know if you've been following any of the news, Jordan. No, I have not. Okay, well, I did see a like two minute TikTok showing me some of the new stuff that was kind of already confirmed. But one of the best things is there's now P Speed again with an actual sound indicator. 
uh, when you hit max speed and you can maintain it for a long time. And that's good because I don't think new soup had P speed. You could run fast, but it wasn't like Mario three or Mario world. Yeah. The one thing that's, I I don't like is that they took away collision between characters. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, which that was the entire, that was the most fun part about the new soup games was uh, trying to (laughs) ruin the day of your, your friends. by Just throwing them into lava. Yeah. Just absolutely ruining everything. Uh, yeah, or or your siblings, you know, because yeah, I had younger siblings and they hated when I did that. But <laughs> See, my friend group in high school, we treated um, it as like a semi competitive game in that whoever <laughs> like <laughs> whoever whoever had the most lives by the end of the game was the winner. And so people were actively throwing each other into lava and <laughs> trying to kill each other. That's awesome. I mean, That just means that you basically turn it into a Mario Party game, but (laughs) in a different genre. (laughs) Game's a lot harder when you do that. (laughs) Oh, for sure. But I'm just so excited for Mario Wonder. Like, I still can't believe the announcement. What was it back in the June direct when they showed it off? And I was just like, oh, we're getting a whole Mario game, a whole new one. Oh, it just looks so good. But uh, yeah. We'll have to talk about it in depth next week, or I guess in two weeks, whenever we decide to record to talk about Mario Wonder. I'm for sure getting it. I know you are. And yeah. I think it'll be so fun, for sure. Yeah, this is most excited I've been for a 2D Mario game, at least since the, the Wii New Soup. Um, yeah. Like, as much as we hate on the New Soup games, New, <laughs> Soup, <laughs> New Soup for the DS was great because it like brought back 2D Mario. We hadn't seen 2D Mario in like years and years since then. And yeah. then New Soup Wii uh, gave us multiplayer, which was at the time like a, a new concept. And it was exciting to see how that would play out. And then right. the 3DS and the Wii U just they felt so derivative of the previous two. <laughs> new yeah. Soup when games. did New Soup Wii come out? 2009. OK, so we were both in high school at that yeah. point. So yeah. maybe, maybe that led a bit to it, too. Is It, it came know. out the weekend I got my wisdom <laughs> teeth removed. So I oh, that. that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you sat and played new soup all weekend with your wisdom teeth out yeah that's fun <laughs> but anyway well we'll for sure talk about mario wonder it's going to be one of the contenders for best nintendo games this year which is kind of crazy because we also have tears of the kingdom in the running um and uh, pff, the game that we'll talk about uh in a little bit here <laughs> uh warrior <laughs> yeah yeah the one that's going to just <laughs> blow past all the other competition in the, the game of the year <laughs> most anticipated game of the year warrior <laughs> you think mario wonder has a lot of personality just wait till you see mario or warrior <laughs> uh it's gonna be good um but anyway kind of pivoting to another topic here that's kind of sad i think they announced it just last week was Nintendo put out an official statement stating that online services for the Wii U and 3DS are being completely shut down in April 2024. And I guess that marks the true end of an era. It wasn't enough to just shut down the eShop. Now they have to put nail in the coffin and turn off even the servers that do the peer-to-peer handshake for all of the online features, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for security reasons, you kind of... Nintendo doesn't want to keep maintaining these. They're they're old dusty machines. <laughs> hey, you just Dockerize it, throw it in a Kubernetes cluster yeah. for the ten people that are still playing, right? 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it it still requires more maintenance than you probably think. Oh, um, I'm sure. And it's I'm more sure. than Nintendo is willing to do. Um, <laughs> at least like, <laughs> for, <laughs> at least to like prevent any like security issues right. arising in the future. Right. But what makes it so sad is that that means that Mario Maker on the Wii U and Splatoon will no longer be functional at all. Uh, you can play through the single player of Splatoon, of course, but like all of these years of history with Mario Maker are going to be gone, at least from official Nintendo servers. Um, and you'll no longer be able to play any of the old Splatoon maps with like the fun weapons there. And it's just kind of sad to see that just be gone, which it happens. That's what happens in a digital age. As people move on from games, they have to shut it down. We actually talked about this last time with uh, F-099, right? Like. Nintendo is eventually going to shut that game down, too, even if it's really popular right now, because you can't just keep these online games going if no one's playing them. Yeah. Um, And and there's a bunch of games on the Wii U. As much as we like to (laughs) rag on the Wii U for not having games, um, it's the only system. uh, The Wii U and the 3DS are so Monster Hunter 3 is still um, exclusive to those, those systems, as is Monster Hunter 4, if I remember right. Um, oh yeah and monster hunter is a series that the intended way to play is online with friends so we're losing a good chunk of monster hunters like history here that's crazy um hopefully we've already lost like it. Ah, they won't because like uh. <laughs> there's other monster hunter games that have also like been end of life to, in uh. the past so it's not like this is a new thing for the series but i really do hope that Capcom will eventually re-release these for PC just so that we can maintain the history in some way. Um, Monster Hunter 3 specifically because that's the w- one and only game that has water combat. And now that that entire like aspect of Monster Hunter is going to be lost. Mm, yeah, that's crazy. I will say there is a little bit of good news to this. Um, the same team of fans that were behind the Wii and the DS, uh, like homebrew online services i mean i say it's homebrew i don't think it actually requires a homebrew server you can just change some dns records or something but uh you can re-enable like online connectivity on those two consoles thanks to the efforts of some fans they announced like just hours after the announcement that nintendo shutting down these consoles that they were putting it on their roadmap and making steps towards creating their own servers to support at least most games. So yeah, hopefully that works out. Probably like a peer to peer situation. Um, and it just, yeah. Well, I mean, that's all that the Wii U and 3DS uh, consoles actually did. Right. The online service was to talk to Nintendo that would gather up enough consoles to initiate the handshake so they could just be peer to peer anyway. Yeah. Hopefully Nintendo doesn't try to shut it down. I um, hope not. <laughs> Nintendo fans just weren't as uh, dedicated as Halo fans, apparently. <laughs> apparently not <laughs> halo fans when they were threatened to have halo 2 shut down um they started a game of halo 2 and then never let it end for years <laughs> that's pretty awesome it's too bad splatoon games all have timers on them <laughs> anyway so it's a shame and i'm sure we'll talk a little bit more maybe a whole episode or something on some of our thoughts behind games being shut down like that but Anyway, it's just, you know, wanted to get that out there. Um, 
the other thing that I put on our list was uh, Detective Pikachu. What is it? Detective Pikachu Returns is the full name of the game released. And it visually looks terrible. I've seen some reviews say that it's kind of fun to play. But like this definitely looks like a game that was designed for 3DS, went through development hell. And then they were like, well, we just got to get it out. Yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts and feelings about Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I feel like the timing is just so bad. You re- <laughs> they really needed to get this game out around the time of the movie. Yeah, definitely. Or even like really close or I guess earlier in the Switch's life because it was on the 3DS and people were like, where's the sequel? Where's the final chapter of the story? Because I think it ended on like a cliffhanger, didn't it? <laughs> the first I don't game. know. I never played the first game. I didn't either, but that's what I heard. And so we didn't hear anything about the game for ever and ever and ever. And then they just kind of dropped it on us this year. And I don't think they even made any sort of marketing push on the game because I didn't see any advertisements on it. Nobody was talking about it. Just kind of an interesting choice. Uh, I think they just sent it out to die. Like, (laughs) it's better to just release it and recoup (laughs) some of your lost money than it is to hold on to it. Like, they released, uh, what was it, Switch? I can't remember the name. The, The sequel to the launch game for the Switch that replaced Wii Sports. Oh, right. One, two, switch. Yeah. One, two, switch two. <laughs> <laughs> which we've heard some interesting stories about its development that like people laughed internally at Nintendo at some of the mini games they made because they were so terrible. Yeah. So uh, it's if Nintendo was willing to release that, I don't see why they wouldn't release Detective Pikachu, especially since if it did end on a cliffhanger, then uh, <laughs> it's better to just release it and have fans stop asking for it, I guess. Yeah, very true. So anyway, I hope that the people that enjoy Detective Pikachu enjoyed this game. I'm not going to buy it. I don't care. (laughs) And I know you don't either. (laughs) No, I didn't even play the first one. So, yeah. And there's really no way to get the first one unless you buy used because the eShop's dead. So (laughs) just putting that out there, Nintendo. Anyway, um, I really wish Nintendo back onto this like online thing. It would be really nice if Nintendo would just standardize their online service between systems going yeah. forward um, so that we don't have like these crises of the, the eShop going down and then like online playing going down. Um, just make it so that it's easy maintained because it's the same system as the current system and that it yeah. just keeps moving on forward. Yeah. And I really hope that the Switch 2, I mean, by all indications... The leaks and rumors are pointing towards it being backwards compatible. And we do have that slide from Nintendo's report. What was it this year or last year where they wanted the Nintendo online account to like continue on into the future. So my gut is telling me that Nintendo's looking in that direction to try and keep things more online and serviceable into the near future. Or I guess like maybe within like the next decade or more. But I don't know for sure, you know? You, well, you never know with Nintendo. <laughs> with how big of a success the Switch is, uh, people are going to be angry if they just lose everything <laughs> going to Switch 2. True, um, very true. Because, like, the Switch, it's Nintendo's most successful console since the Wii, um, but it's also the most digital-focused console Nintendo's ever had. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the Switch, or not the Switch, the, the Wii U, like the five people who bought the console and then only like two people bought digital games on the console. Um, yeah. 
it's not as big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen some people entertaining the idea in like the last couple of weeks. Would you buy a digital only Switch 2 if they had that option? Which I there was another rumor um, not too long ago about how Nintendo is aiming for, I think it said an August or September release of 2024 for the Switch successor. And that it's going to have two models. One of those is going to be with the physical cartridge slot, and one of them is digital only. And I think if I remember the prices, I'd have to pull up this article. It's like they're shooting for $400 for the console. Uh, I think I might pull this up. Yeah, I haven't heard this rumor. I will say going with a digital only version and a cartridge or a disc version has worked pretty well for Sony. Um, Yeah. Oh, actually, I say that, but. Sony's actually moving away from that model right now. Uh, they're releasing the slim version. And what it is, is you just buy a base PlayStation now with the option of attaching a disc reader to the console. If you if you're so dedicated to Yeah, physical. I saw that. So <laughs> Nintendo, I guess, is just like three or four years behind the industry then. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, other, the other thing, though, is that a disc reader for a PS5 or whatever is probably like, well, honestly, like 10 or $15 to produce and then like would retail individually for like $30, $40 and they marked up their game system $100. <laughs> um, <laughs> but a cartridge reader is going to be way, way less than that. There's there's like no moving parts. It's so much more simple to to um, to just streamline the production of a cartridge reader than it is a yeah. disc reader so like Absolutely. you're looking at like less than a dollar to manufacture <laughs> and then retailing for maybe like five to ten dollars if it were an individual piece um that wasn't proprietary to nintendo sort of like a usb card reader right like that's that's the price range you'd expect a usb reader to be not usb um sd card sd card reader to be right uh, yeah. So I, if they are doing this digital only version, I don't see much reason for it, to be honest. It, the Nintendo's not yeah. scraping away that much of a cost. No, they're not. A production cost. Um, Unless they're hoping that more people go digital so that they can have better projections for physical cartridge making. Because if this console lives up to the... Uh, rumors that it's actually going to be 4k compatible they're going to have to manufacture those larger cartridges you know 32 gig that plus. is very true that so, would be a good reason but at the same time then they also have to pr- give you a, a bigger hard drive and on that's true memory. too yeah no that's that's also very true because by like yeah these cartridges are huge but <laughs> you're you're offloading um the amount of memory you'd have to store on system yeah, these cartridges. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to make everybody buy SD cards. <laughs> I'm inclined to be skeptical of a rumor that's claiming Nintendo is going to have a, a digital only SKU and a uh, cartridge readable SKU. Um, and that being the only difference. If there is a digital only version, it's going to have something else tied to it. Like uh, something like how the Switch Lite exists, right? Maybe they release the Switch Lite alongside the Switch 2 Lite alongside the Switch, and then the Switch Lite is digital only. And then also, it doesn't have detachable um, Joy-Cons and also uh, doesn't connect to the TV or whatever and have a dock and all that. 
Um, yeah. There, there has to be some more cut corners than just a cartridge reader because the cartridge reader, uh, the, the parts to make a cartridge reader is not, not as expensive as you would think. Right. It's pennies. Yeah. No, that, that, that's a really good point. Um, I did find the rumor. Um, so this is from Soldier Delta, a Discord user um, who apparently has a few years worth of credible leaks under his name. I can't find a list of them, but all of these sites are saying, trust me, bro. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, he. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm rereading the article. Uh, his track record contains a single item. Uh, that his July 2023 leak revealed gameplay details about Team Ninja's exclusive Rise of the Ronin that nobody knew about before. So I guess that's one thing that he got right. Um, anyway, he stated that the Switch has a targeted release, or the Switch 2 has a targeted release in September 2024, and that they have a placeholder for early November for if things uh, go wrong and they need a fallback. Uh, the internal name is apparently the NG, which I mean, that name kind of makes sense because the Switch's code name was NX. So NG is that that could work. Um, but yeah, he says that there are two intended models, one being digital only, and the digital only is $400. And the standard one is $449. So $50 more for the cartridge reader. So I do agree with you, Jordan, about what you're saying about the cartridge reader. Uh, I think we should be rather skeptical. But it is an interesting question regardless if... Nintendo is going to make a digital only console, then yeah, they better have backwards compatibility over the eShop and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, also, that we we all know that there's better um, profit incentives <laughs> to go digital only for Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, so it, maybe they, the $50 off is a, hey, you're saving money on the Switch, but then they get higher profits down well, the line. Yeah, I don't know. One, you can't resell the game. Um, it's a one-time purchase, right? Um, you can't share it with your friends. Um, yeah. You're not sharing profit with, like, box retailers. So, like, usually box retailers take about a 10% cut. So if it's $60 at GameStop and then $60 on <laughs> uh, the, the eShop, then Nintendo gets the entire $60. And then, whereas... With 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 physical, then you have you have to share with the box retailer. You have to do logistics and um, shipping, yeah. manufacturing, the middleman. I f- I forget the name of the um, that sells to the box retailers for you. Um, yeah, it's a much smaller piece of the pie. <laughs> and <laughs> but the the one thing, one of the big concerns about dropping physical is you lose out on impulse shoppers. Um, yeah. So like grant granny who wants to buy a game for <laughs> her, her uh, grandchild on, on the whim, like because she's just doing her shopping at Target that day, uh, that avenue completely goes away. And so it's a matter of what are how many people like that exist still? Yeah, no, and that that's a really good question. And I think that. Some people would say the solution to that is those cards that you can buy that have that are designed for one game that you can download yeah. from the eShop from the retailer. But still, like that just I don't know. It always feels corny to me and it probably feels corny to a lot of other people that you just go to a store to buy a physical card for the game to hand to someone. <laughs> I mean, it's well, nice if you're gifting it to them um, as like a birthday gift or something, but I don't know. 
Nintendo could always do the scummy thing that PC games did back when they started transitioning to digital only, <laughs> where they would have an entire game box and the game boxes would be larger than like physical game boxes. And all that would be inside is like a manual to the game and a code. <laughs> to download. They, they could do that. And I wouldn't put it past them. Like I, I still know. have like a Starcraft, um, Starcraft box that never had a physical game inside of it. <laughs> and it's, it's huge. It's almost like those few developers that have those cartridges for the switch that you pop in and it just takes you to the eShop to download the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is I would imagine going digital only um, is better when your main audience skews a bit older, mm. whereas Nintendo's tends to skew a bit younger. So like digital only works phenomenally on PC with Steam because <laughs> they're, they're their main audience are going to be like adults who are, are either in college or are middle-aged <laughs> at this point. Yeah. And that can like buy extra hard drives to put in their computer or external drives to offload things or know how to manage their files or whatever. Yeah. Or even you teenagers know, to, in high school. True. But, um, true. I don't know. There's also a convenience thing. I don't know. Eventually we will move to an all digital system. It just gives too much profit to Nintendo. It's just, yep. are we there culturally yet um, worldwide? Like, you also have to imagine, like, this isn't just like a United States thing or a West or it's the entire world. Like, Nintendo is a worldwide company. Um, right. And so what are the shopping like? Do uh, they want to try to hit the audiences out in rural areas in other countries where the Wi-Fi or the Internet speeds are slow? Like, if they want to reach out to them, they got to go physical. And well, even just rural areas here in America are Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, these are all these are all good points. And I'm very interested to see what happens when they announce the console to see if this is true. I do not want to go digital only. Um, I had the option of getting like a digital only PlayStation and I I'm not going to do it. Uh, I'd rather have physical so I can have both options. But whatever. During the Wii U era, I was a diehard physical gamer. Now I am too lazy. I am just, (laughs) you have to like get up and go to the store there. They don't even do midnight releases anymore. So you have to wait till the next day. Um, Yeah. There are a lot of conveniences with digital. Whereas now I can preload it a week early. (laughs) (laughs) And then wait for the midnight launch where they just send you the cert. They they just (laughs) unlock it at like the midnight east coast time and i'm on the west coast so it's like you literally go to open the game it checks the e-shop and then it's like oh yeah here here's the certificate so that your console can decrypt it it's it's so painful because there's been a few releases where i'm like i want this physical and then it it comes around like nine o'clock at night i'm like man i don't want to sit like it's not time for me to go to bed yet (laughs) i could just be playing the new game instead um and that that's usually where i crack and just download it (laughs) yeah (laughs) we'll have to see what nintendo picks though um i could see them doing both of these for a lot of the reasons we've talked about uh stay tuned i i feel like this leaker he just the way a lot of his stuff sounds like just piggybacking off of other leaks and then also just kind of following trends in the industry um i i don't see the base model for the switch 2 being 450 either that one i'm very <laughs> scared i could see the base model but with the cartridge being four 400 um yeah that was my th- thought too 399 <laughs> but man you are creeping up on the price of a steam deck at that point and 
I don't, I, I just do not see Nintendo wanting to uh, become or too close of a competitor to the Steam Deck. Right. I think they'd rather have people who purchase a Steam Deck uh, be more as enthusiasts rather than a competitor. Yeah. And that's a good point. Lots of things to think about. We're getting so close to the launch of the new console and it just, it makes me so excited. <laughs> and we're going to have to start being even more vigilant about filtering out different rumors about the console because it's going to get relentless very, very, very soon. Until Nintendo gives us actual information, it's going to be who he says, she says, yeah. this person is more reputable. This person is less. Uh, this person's absolutely insane. They're saying Nintendo wants to charge $700 for the console and it's going to be 4k LCD on <laughs> handheld or whatever. No, Nintendo, Nintendo likes their systems being cheap. They like their systems to be cheap and they like to make a profit off their systems. Um, Nintendo said after the Wii, I believe it was, uh, that they will never sell a console at a loss again, which as I've said multiple times, uh, this is a new Nintendo. So Anything that Nintendo said 10 years ago is probably just moot at this point. (laughs) Yeah, they have much more business focused people in charge of the company now. Well, their entire upper suite is new. Like, right. No no one in the upper suite at Nintendo has been around for more than 10 years. Yeah, good point. Other than the game producers. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like the game producers and like also like Miyamoto's still around and all that. But like the people that run the business. The 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 C suite is has not been around very long. Right. It's funny. We could always say you could never predict what Nintendo was going to do, but maybe they're becoming more predictable because they're more corporate focused. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're becoming more and more of a global brand. That too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to some of our other headlines here uh, so we can kind of keep going and get caught up again. That was a good discussion, though, about the Switch. I swear every episode we dive back into talking about the Switch, too, which is really fun. But <laughs> I mean, it's like the main <laughs> thing that's on the horizon. Uh, Nintendo exactly. doesn't announce very many games <laughs> at once anymore. Um, they no. like to keep things pretty close to their chest. Uh, so we've got Mario, yeah, <laughs> Wario, Metroid Prime and Switch 2. And we kind of just like <laughs> rotate around <laughs> those topics. That's all we could talk about, which is why we probably need to do some more retro review episodes yeah. here in the in near future. So we're not just rambling on about the Switch 2, which it's fun to talk about the Switch 2. I'm not complaining, but anyway, uh, the other headline I just kind of wanted to talk about very briefly was uh Kirby and the Amazing Mirror made it to the NSO Game Boy Advance uh, release, which is pretty great. Uh, Back when the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance NSO stuff was rumored, uh, we both thought that that, uh, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror would be a great candidate for online. So it's really nice to see that it's there, it's available, and you can play with friends both locally and online, um, which is super cool. I well, these games by locally, local I mean, play. like, you need your own consoles, you know? Okay, okay. <laughs> so you're you're still playing <laughs> online, it's just you're all yes. <laughs> sitting on the couch, but it's not like going over a LAN, it's, it's still no, going no. out to their service. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I understand it, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo wouldn't do something like that. LAN only exists in the Splatoon 3 world. <laughs> I didn't I even know they had LAN for Splatoon. Yeah, they do. That's how they are able to do tournaments. And that's why people like in-person tournaments in Splatoon better than online yeah. ones. Less lag. Um, yeah, much less lag. <laughs> um, but yeah, cool to see it. I love Kirby. I might play that with a couple of other people here and there. Uh, Amazing Mirror is also really fun because it's the Metroidvania of the Kirby games. So 
If you haven't played it, you should give it a shot. This one is kind of more for us because we are so excited for it. But uh, Silk Song, uh, <laughs> we are <laughs> running out of days in the calendar year for them to announce uh, a release date for Silk Song, even though they promised us last year it was going to be this year. <laughs> they updated a few assets on the Steam listing. So maybe it's coming, Jordan. <laughs> uh, Silk Song has reached the point of I'll believe it when I see it exactly especially with uh, all the unity drama now oh yeah oh, man, i don't uh, know which don't know. the unity ceo stepped down he's leaving now so Good. he screwed up the company made a ton of money off of insider trading and is now bailing uh whatever i'm just waiting for microsoft to announce that they bought unity <laughs> at I this know, point right? like <laughs> they t- they tanked the the stock price like so much and the only way anyone's going to have any confidence in Unity going forward is if they get bought out by another company at this point. Yeah, exactly. Which sucks because um, Microsoft has been buying a lot of the industry. Yep. Um, and I, the more this is going on, the less I'm in favor of it. Um, right. Especially like since, I feel like, like Microsoft should stop. <laughs> they have yeah, enough. <laughs> well, my, so we got a lot of leaks from the the Activision court cases. Yeah, because um, Microsoft, for some reason, uh, just like gave a whole bunch of data and didn't do <laughs> yeah. like anything to like redact <laughs> it. Well, they kind of did, but like you could Photoshop through a lot of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was very poorly. It, it, was, it was a big blunder on Microsoft's side. There's a bunch of like interesting things that we could even talk about right now uh, where like Microsoft has talked about uh, what companies they they view that they would like to buy and yada, yada, yada. But. Some of the more like terrifying stuff is Microsoft internally seems to be buying studios. Um, so like the Xbox brand inside Microsoft internally is buying studios largely to maintain relevancy within the corporation of Microsoft because <laughs> which is ridiculous <laughs> because Xbox as a brand is not one of like Microsoft's most valuable brands like Microsoft makes is worth roughly the same as Skype or Xbox is worth roughly the same as Skype, Um, which is ridiculous. (laughs) So that's been nerve wracking that Microsoft is buying all these uh, companies and there might just be maybe not like this CEO, but a CEO 10, 20 years in the future is just like, ah, Xbox isn't making us money. Let's just drop it. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're just doing it to make daddy Microsoft happy. Oh, so I, I am not in favor of Microsoft buying companies right now. Um, and so I am much more in favor of <laughs> the FTC in future cases. I'll say that. Yes, I agree. And well, one of the funnier ones was like Phil Spencer in an email said that buying Nintendo would be a career moment for him. Yeah. And he sent that email before the pandemic hit and before Nintendo made absolute bank with Animal Crossing and the Switch in 2020. So that's not going to happen, I don't think. And last time Nintendo or Microsoft tried to buy Nintendo, the Nintendo executives literally laughed them out the door. <laughs> back yeah, in what, the like early 2000s. This is a new Nintendo. Um, True. Back, back when Microsoft originally intended to buy Nintendo, Nintendo viewed themselves as like a family company that was like now like a big corporation. Like, it, yeah, <laughs> it was mostly people within the family that were getting CEO status or were marrying into the family. Um, 
And now, now it's just a full blown corporation. Mm -hmm. So who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Though maybe they have plans to get even larger and extend their reach. We know that they're more interested in media properties now beyond just video games. So yeah, which is also making me a bit concerned. Uh, (laughs) Nintendo added what? What's the guy? The guy from um, Illumination. They added him to their board of directors. Oh, did they? I didn't catch that. Which terrifies me. I do not yeah. want that guy on Nintendo's board of directors. Yeah, same. <sighs> Whatever. So, um, <laughs> if Nintendo is making more movies, just expect them to be um, universal films going forward. It might not all just be elimination, but he's going to put a lot of pressure on Nintendo to either go through Illumination or through Illumination Partners, which would be mm-hmm. uh, universal. Um, there might be future movies that Nintendo gets pressured into that they don't want to do that Universal wants to do. Um, and now they have they have an in, one could say. Um, yeah, well, and Universal is owned by Comcast, which owns NBC. So maybe they'll start pushing towards shows on NBC or something, you know, like serialized yeah. stuff on Peacock. Well, with that I said, don't know. he is just one voice in the board of directors, but I, I would prefer no voices. And the board of directors. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to see where things go for sure in the next couple of years regarding Nintendo and Microsoft. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll get another Nintendo movie, maybe not next year, but the year after. Um, yeah. Mario was such a big breakout success that they're either going to do a sequel to Mario or one of the other properties from Nintendo, uh, the most likely mm-hmm. being Zelda. Yep. Um, yep. 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 The question is, do they want them all to be? illumination cartoons or are they going to kind of i i would hope if they are going this route of uh, multimedia properties and all that stuff um that they don't as fun as it would be to have a super smash bros movie don't (laughs) don't do the cinematic universe um make the the projects work for the property right make them stand alone don't i i really don't want to see a smash brothers universe i really don't I think that we'd get much more interesting films if they were designed to be standalone from the beginning. Yeah. Like Zelda takes place in its own world, you know, and we get to see a really cool looking Hyrule. And I really hope that it's not in the style of Illumination, even like the Mario movie. I think that they could make it look pretty, but I would just really appreciate it if it was different. Like Um, the, the advantage Marvel had with doing a cinematic universe is Marvel already has a very like cohesive. Yeah feeling between all their properties well and they have decades of experience of weaving together that cohesive nature of yeah. the properties whereas nintendo so, does a fun fighting game every now and then exactly <laughs> which has fun stories but it's not like that engaging you you don't ever see well okay i guess with the mario universe you get a lot of crossover which is why donkey kong was in the movie but like you won't ever see captain falcon show up in the metroid universe in a metroid game right yeah yeah although that'd be cool maybe maybe they should do that (laughs) maybe they should so anyway um yeah i i am again i I keep saying this but i am just really interested to see where things go because if you had told me back in the wii u era that this was where we were looking uh towards the future with nintendo i wouldn't have believed you (laughs) (laughs) yeah nintendo has changed quite a lot during the switch era yeah, um, it's and the most amount of a lot of it for the better. Yeah, I would say some of it but, not so yeah. great. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. As long as Nintendo keeps making really good games and keeps innovating on those ideas and doesn't stagnate, then sure. Like, yeah, they can make bad should movies. Be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Anyway, uh, moving on to something else, just because we've got a couple of other little headlines to talk about. I should have brought this up with uh, our Switch 2 discussion, but uh, the Switch this week updated to version 17.0.0, and it's a major version release, but there is absolutely no new features. Um, according to some of the modders and data miners, uh, it appears that pretty much every single major system library in the operating system was updated, which all that really means is that they're rewriting a lot of their code base. They're rebuilding it, probably making it a bit faster, a bit more secure. Some people are curious if this is an indication that, uh, the switch to operating system is built on top of this and they're trying to like fuse together the OS a little bit more, uh, but anyway, it, it's just interesting that Nintendo released a full new version number without any new features. So, yeah, I think it's just security updates. Um, Nintendo's in a constant war with hackers, <laughs> so yeah, but they can never win against the Switch no, hackers because no. it's a hardware vulnerability. <laughs> no, so. it's, it's impossible. Like, well, you'll never win the war with hackers. Is the thing. No, no you won't. <laughs> it's not a matter of winning. It's just a matter of making things inconvenient for them and then hoping they don't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't draw their attention. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you make it so cumbersome that nobody wants to do the effort. <laughs> Anytime a company has said that they are unhackable, then they just get like just absolutely <laughs> devastated <laughs> yeah exactly so so it's just a convenience thing you just make things inconvenient and try to slow them down yeah exactly but as far as i understand it atmosphere the code that's used for custom firmware stuff has already been updated and it's only been like a day and a half or something and the reason why it took so long is the main developer that does all the work was on vacation <laughs> so he, he pulled out his laptop yeah. and cobbled it together a version apparently today so uh but, but yeah, then like anyway. everyone who's hacked their switches are going to have to now go and like do updates and all this stuff and yeah and it, it just becomes like an annoyance <laughs> yep. and, and the hope is that some people will just like no longer bother <laughs> exactly <laughs> drop it. exactly so anyway there's that uh also wanted to just bring up that the scarlet and violet pokemon dlc the teal mask released since we've talked and i bought it i part of me wishes i didn't but i also like you know had fear of missing out and wanted to get all of the pokemon for my collection um I've played quite a bit of it, haven't finished it. The story is actually really quite endearing. The characters are really well written, actually, but the game still looks absolutely terrible. The new mini region is smaller by a significant amount, and it still struggles so hard to run on the Switch. And the update that introduced the DLC added in new memory leaks and new memory issues uh, that make the game even worse, uh, even the base game, if you don't have the DLC. Uh, some people are reporting some really fantastic uh, glitches right now. Like somebody was playing the game and, you know, they may have been playing for an extended period of time, but half of the screen just stopped rendering. It was just like a full black square on the left hand side of the screen. And that was hilarious. Um Anyway, uh, it's just crazy to me that it's been a year since the game released and Game Freak is still so busy working on their next titles and pushing out the DLC that we still have an alpha uh, build uh, of a I mean, video game. It's never going to get improved. It, no, it's not. But <laughs> the, still, if, if you work in like the software industry, you'll know that tech debt is just, like the most 
impossible thing to solve. Yep. Um, you just never have the time or resources. Um, nope. And managers, and not by, when I mean managers, I mean like your real customer is uh, the <laughs> the CEOs or whatever of the company you're working for. <laughs> they usually aren't programmers. Um, and when you tell them, oh, we need to rebuild this, and they'll be like, well, what what's the cost? What, what's the 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 value of that and you just say performance and they say ah, we don't make money off of <laughs> performance <laughs> yeah so what, what's the point yeah and i mean scarlet and violet were bestsellers like within two weeks or something like that so they made their money they yeah, don't need they to already made their game. money they're, it's not going to get fixed if if no. there is any fix if, if anything gets fixed it'll be for the next game um but <laughs> going off of <laughs> game freaks release schedule there's no time to go back and fix um nope code debt nope. or tech debt um mm-hmm. even like bethesda like one of the biggest complaints with bethesda games was how buggy they were right it, it mirrors a lot with how uh pokemon is right now and they went back and they're like with starfield we're going to do some heavy optimizations and the game took way longer to release than any other Bethesda game before it, um, which I would say actually like hurt the Bethesda brand even more than just releasing a buggy game. Um, yeah. And it's still buggy and it's a lot more stable. Starfield is way more stable than uh, Skyrim or Fallout 4 were. Um, but people already had like the the perception, like the the bias that Bethesda games are buggy, and they went out and anytime a bug happened, they'd be like, ah, see, see, it's still here. <laughs> um, so in the end, I don't even know if it was worth it for Bethesda yeah. to go back and make things more stable. Maybe it would have been better to have th- three new Bethesda games than, a, than one new Bethesda game that's still buggy but more stable. That is a good point. <sighs> and Pokemon does need to continue churning out new Pokemon to keep the global machine going because they need to keep interest in the brand. And that's why it's such a big and successful brand. So uh, all things to think about. Um, Kind of another thing on game updates. uh, I think we already talked about uh, the fact that Onuma in an interview stated that uh, tears of the kingdom was not going to be getting any DLC, Uh, but he kind of doubled down on it in another interview this week. uh, Just kind of, reiterating that they have explored all that they wanted to in this Hyrule and that the next games will or the next game will take place in another land of Hyrule or somewhere else, I guess, which is awesome. Uh, The only thing that disappoints me about that is that we're not at least as far as I can tell getting a master mode, which I really want master mode for Tears of the Kingdom. Master mode is the one thing I want. Um, I don't I don't need <laughs> I'll be honest I didn't really like the DLC for Breath of the Wild the only reason I'd want DLC is because there are a few mysteries in Tears of the Kingdom that they just didn't bring up at all in the story and there's not even like archaeological evidence anywhere about mm. it that I'm curious about and so I think it's a good point for another game but I was also hoping that they would touch on it in the DLC uh, the biggest thing that i wanted the dlc to do was bring back Cass because Cass is completely missing and i feel like he could come in and tell a really cool story like oh i heard this ancient song about the zonai or whatever and i think that would have been a cool way yeah. to do it but Tears of the at the same time a yeah. bit less lore heavy than even breath of the wild was and breath of the wild was already kind of sparse <laughs> yeah. it's lore to put it bluntly um, yeah, which and is fine. Like they're they're gameplay first games, which are the kind of games I prefer personally. But yeah. I can see like that being a disappointment to people who 
to prefer story-driven games. I really like gameplay-first games too, but I also really like good lore. And Breath of the Wild was interesting in that it had a lot of mysteries that we could piece together. And then Tears of the Kingdom was supposed to be like, oh, we're answering a whole bunch of these. And it's cool that there are still some mysteries, but it just feels like they left too much on the table without exploring. And I don't even think that the memory cutscenes were really enough for mm. explaining how things went down. But we still need to do a big Tears of the Kingdom type episode. Yeah, I, I have a lot to. of thoughts. So. <laughs> I still need to finish the game. Don't worry. I started <laughs> playing it again. <laughs> Good. <laughs> finish it. I, I will start drafting I, I up all of my thoughts. I do not know how long this is going to take me. It's a big game. Um, it is a big game. My, Maybe my, I'll go back to it. I need to yeah. 100% it still. My, my thing with this is... It took, what, six years, seven years for this game to come out? Yeah. Um, we probably got another six years before the next Zelda comes out. I'm taking my sweet time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we're not getting master mode, so you might as well take your time now and just challenge yourself and have fun. So I it's fine. I am happy we're not getting DLC for Tears of the Kingdom, with the one exception being master mode. And the thing with not getting master mode is... You don't need the A team to make master mode. You can send no. the interns onto it. Like all they need is to update the difficulty flag and make sure yeah. that the golden enemies work. That's it. I don't even need new content. Like the master no. mode for Breath of the Wild probably had more than I needed. Um, yeah, master mode added like a couple of new enemy spots, like a couple of Lynels in extra places, right? And that was yeah. pretty much it. This I just want to do a master mode naked three heart challenge. That was yeah. the most fun I've had with Breath of the Wild. <laughs> well, master mode is the one way I play Breath of the Wild. I don't play yeah. vanilla anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you like <laughs> location for things in vanilla anymore. Like master mode is Breath of the Wild. Um, anytime there's a master mode available for a Zelda game, that's always the one I choose. Even if it's available at the beginning if it's my i will i will do master mode for a first run if it's available yeah and i should do that more i i kind of want to go back to breath of the wild and play through master mode again just to really feel what i felt about breath of the yeah. wild after playing tears of the kingdom but but the big reason why i don't want dlc is i i like tears of the kingdom i think it's a really really good game 10 out of 10 um, I don't want more of it. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, I feel the same way. I got so burnt out on hunting down all the caves. I think and I think I, when Anuma says, I think we did what we set out to do. I think I think they I, did. <laughs> I think so, too. I really do. I, I am inclined to believe them. <laughs> that is a very true statement. Yeah. And. I will say my one problem with Tears of the Kingdom, still 10 out of 10 game. I mean, I have multiple problems with the game. Sorry. The one problem I want to talk about for just a brief second is that there are so many collectibles in this game and so many progress bars where finishing the progress bar at the very end is not worth it. If you are a 100% completionist and you do it for the sense of completion, great. But if you're doing it to get like some super powerful item or something great, you will not get them. Trust me. It is not worth it to 100% the game if you're not a completionist and you don't want to have fun doing it or a challenge. Don't burn yourself out on it. Like we, we talked, we, we've argued about this many times. I'm of the belief yeah. that if you're going to have an open world game, you don't want to be viewed as like um, a, an ocean of content that's only ankle deep, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, so you got to have things that are quick to produce. Um, 
that don't require a lot of development time uh, yep. scattered around the world and having these quick collectibles that are they're just fun. They're they're fun little side they are things fun. to go off and do. Um, yep. The intended purpose is not to 100 percent them, I, I would argue. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I completely agree with you on that point. I do. And yeah. I, but we I, can I do save wish, all of this for our long Tears of the Kingdom yeah, episode. Right? I do wish that they would give, <laughs> maybe not like a, a super powerful weapon or something, but just have like, I don't know, a, a, a an alt-colored hero's tunic. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. I will say, though. Functionally the completing same. The shrines, <laughs> it's just completing the shrines now. is worth it. On that note, completing the shrines is worth it. Yeah. But everything else, not. No, that's all I'll say. Yeah, just just give 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 the people who 100 percent it just a gold um, heroes tunic, a golden it, heroes tunic. It is functionally the same. It does nothing different. It's just gold. Yeah. <laughs> Let me it's change like, the it's color. It's a color of the that you can't get from like the color shop or whatever. Yeah, that'd be cool. But it's actually shiny with texture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we'll talk about Tears of the Kingdom in our eventual episode. We know it's been what, like five months since the game came out, uh, but Jordan's getting there. He's playing it again. That's good news. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's taken me a really long time. Like I took a break and it, all my friends like are, are, have been mocking me for it. And it's like <laughs> I took a break after the 120 hour mark. It's not like I didn't play the game. Yeah. It's just it's big. It's it's a really it is a large huge game. game. My girlfriend way, is still playing it. Yeah. And she hasn't beat it. Like it's totally understandable. I get it. And I'm not when it comes to like open world games, I'm not the kind of person to follow quest markers. In fact, I immediately go to like the quest menu and turn them off. I don't yeah. want I don't like blinking lights. I like to <laughs> kind of stumble across things. Um yeah. And that's cool. It's a cool way to play. I don't do that. And yeah. I feel like I should. I'd have more fun. I haven't even entered the Gerudo Desert yet. <laughs> so Wow. <laughs> I've got some anyway. time. I haven't seen the Gorons. I haven't even gone to the Death Mountain at all. Yeah. It's gonna be a while. So we probably should uh make some episodes that aren't focused on the end game that you want to talk about. Maybe I, I don't want to blitz to like Ganon though, because I feel no, like No, and I just... don't want you to blitz. Uh but we we could talk about some of the stuff that you're familiar with. But we'll yeah. we'll discuss that internally and make an episode and plan. Um anyway. So look look forward to more Tears of the Kingdom coverage. It's a good thing that Jordan is working on playing the game again. Um <laughs> The one last thing that I wanted to just briefly, briefly mention to kind of wrap up our whole episode here for our catch up is uh, we haven't gotten any new Nintendo news and Nintendo has started actually revealing what their bundles are for Christmas. And surprise, surprise, it's still Mario Kart. Um, But that means that the holiday release (laughs) game is WarioWare Move. (laughs) People think I'm joking when I'm saying this is my most anticipated game of the year. Um, I'm not. <laughs> it's so good. And I'm so I, I think I think we're at the point where we should do an episode on why we love the WarioWare series so much instead of spending a ton of time here. Uh, yeah. Uh, but just just know we're looking forward to it. OK, <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode, though. Uh, we talked about a whole lot of different cool topics. I'm glad that we got to talk again, Jordan. It's good getting back in the groove with you after a few weeks off. Um, 
And uh, there's a lot to look forward to, I think, from Nintendo. And I think this year will be pivotal uh, in Nintendo's history. Don't you? Uh, you're talking about 2024 <laughs> or the yeah, last two games coming out this yeah. year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh yeah if we get metroid and switch 2 it'll be a pretty big pretty big year yes anyway is there anything else to really talk about here jordan i think i'm good all right well thanks so much for listening to this episode of the nintendo fusion podcast we'll be sure to keep you updated with uh whatever else we're going to talk about you know whether it be zelda or uh, mario wonder like we're excited to and uh yeah in the meantime please be sure to hit that like button and follow us on the various platforms Share the uh, show with your friends so that, you know, more people can find us and we can have more fun sharing our opinions with the world. Uh, join our Discord by going to nintendofusion.com slash Discord. That will beam you right into our server. But with all that said, I think that'll do it. Uh, thank you again for listening to the Nintendo Fusion podcast, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. See ya.